0: Welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host Munaf Manji, and I got my guy here with me, Sleepy J. Sleepy, what's going on, brother? How you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing good, man. It's been a while since we talked. We had the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, took off a couple of days, so it's nice to go ahead and get back in the saddle here, talking some NBA. Got a little bit of a, oh, kind of a small card tomorrow, but I think I have some interesting wagers here that are going to cash for us.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, uh, been an exciting couple of weeks of hoops since we did the podcast here. I know we're past the in-season um, group play and we have eight teams that are headed to the quarterfinals. Will, I'm sure we'll touch on that next week as well on the NBA pod here. Uh, but a lot of exciting stuff happening in the NBA, including teams that sleepy. Maybe I, I was high on this team coming into the regular season. I think a lot of people may not have been. But I didn't expect them to be where they are right now, and I was still very early in the season. We're approaching about a little quarter of the way to the season here, and that team has is the second place team right now in the Eastern Conference. And that's the Orlando Magic. So Orlando right now have a record of thirteen and five thus far this season. They're fifteen and three against the spread. They're eight and one straight up at home. And 8-1 and against the spread uh, at home as well. So this team last year with obviously the pick of Paolo Pancaro. This is his second year coming off the rookie of the year. Um, Jalen Suggs is healthy for this team as well. Cole Anthony I feel like has found his role coming off of the bench uh, for the Orlando Magic. This team... Right now, Sleepy is turning some heads right now. I know they've been a very profitable team for me, especially in the first half, and I will talk about more of their ATS numbers here in a minute as well. But what have you seen from this Orlando Magic team? Are you buying buying them as a contender, or do you think they're pretenders thus far this year?
1: No, I would say that they're probably a contender to at least make the playoffs. I was a little worried with this team, thinking that they could turn out to be Maybe a team similar to like the Detroit Pistons where there is talent, but it's not ready yet and they could finish with a really bad record. I was kind of like leaning a little bit in that camp, but I was thinking, I'm like, all right, well, they have Ben Carroll. You know, they had point guards on that team for a while that have been with this team. And I'm like, they'll probably be a little bit better than, you know, one of the bottom feeder teams. I certainly didn't see them, you know, right now being the second team in the East. But I think a lot of that's due to the fact that they don't hurt themselves they go out there, they don't turn the ball over, uh, you know, they turn teams over. So they're creating extra possessions for themselves. Bankero's doing, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say he's doing his thing out there. Cause I actually don't think that he's playing up to uh, some of the games that we saw him perform last year. Like he, he, I mean, had some really some real shining moments last year. And I think a lot of that's just due to uh, maybe like Franz Wagner. I mean that that he's kind of exploded on the scene as well. So, Maybe, maybe Orlando's playing more team basketball. And I thought maybe we would see a little bit more of an individual effort, maybe out of like a bank kind of like a one man show situation, but they're just playing good team basketball. And I think that that just goes to show sometimes that if you just do that and you don't hurt yourself, you can go out there and you could beat some of these teams on any given night. So I like what I see right now. I think that they can kind of hold serve, you know, go ahead and remain in the playoff chase. I don't think that they don't, um, have a lack of talent that that will eventually kind of creep up on them and be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of what we expected with this team. I think they've grown grown with each other and grown up. So I'm looking forward to it. New team in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, they have right now six different guys that are averaging double figures right now with the, uh for this Orlando Magic team. You mentioned Franz Wagner right now leading the team in scoring at 20.2 points per game, followed by Paulo Pancaro, the reigning rookie of the year. and like I mentioned Cole Anthony coming off of the bench for this team who's averaging 15.6 points per game and then you also have Jalen Suggs Mo Wagner and Markel Fultz rounding off the uh, other three gentlemen that are also averaging double figures for this team so you know like you mentioned that I honestly thought that it would probably be the Paolo Panquero show for the Orlando Magic and you get contributions from Franz Wagner but no other guys have definitely stepped up as well but not only offensively, this team has been very good defensively uh, this season as well. I think they're top uh, 10 thus far this season in offense, uh, sorry, in defensive uh, efficiency so far this year. And they've been a team, and I don't think a lot of people have caught on to this as well as a great uh, first half team where they have been absolutely uh, killing it against the spread thus far this season. They're also well coached as well. I don't think uh, their head coach gets. A lot of credit for what he's been able to do with this young group of talent. You know, I know you mentioned the Detroit Pistons that they have talent there as well, especially in the front court. Right now, this Orlando Magic team is is firing on all cylinders and right now sitting in second place uh, in the Eastern Conference.
1: You know, one of the things that I noticed with this team there, Manoff, is that you were talking about how good they are in the first half. And I think that this is by design yeah. that they go out there and they try to attack your best player. whether it would be a Vankera or whether it would be maybe a Wagner, trying to get your best player in some type of foul trouble. This is one of the best free throw shooting teams in the league, maybe not percentage-wise, but when it comes to the amount of free throws that this team takes in a game, they're pretty much free buckets for a professional NBA team. I mean, these guys knock down free throws, and it seems like that's been one of the hallmarks to them is like why they're covering these spreads in the first half. You know, maybe Joel Embiid picks up two or three fouls in the first half, and it's like, all right, well, he's got to sit. I think that that's kind of been something that they've been targeting and having success with. So that's just something that I wanted to talk on. But I did make a little bit of a mistake. I know Orlando is one of the teams in the league that turns teams over, but they also do turn the ball over quite a bit as well. So I, I thought that they were fifth, but they're actually fifth worst when it comes to turning the ball over themselves. So just to clear that up, my mistake on that.
0: Yeah, no worries. Uh, the three teams, and this I think no coincidence as well, the three teams that have currently the best record, in the association are also top three at defensive rated teams, right? The Minnesota Timberwolves, who I don't think a lot of people expected to be at the number one seed right now in the Western Conference. They're the best defensive rated team, followed by the Boston Celtics. And like I mentioned, the Orlando Magic sit are at third uh, best defensive rating. Um, Sleepy, I posed this question to you earlier when we are doing our, um, our, our show prep. And I asked the question of if I gave you a a free $100 roll here, a $100 bet to put on two teams uh, to miss the playoffs. And you had to choose between one of these teams to miss the playoffs. And that is between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. Which team are you picking to miss the playoffs?
1: I think it's an interesting question because you can probably make a – make a pro and a con list for both of those teams there. So Golden State currently right now, they're playing the Clippers, and they're actually up by a couple of points there in the third quarter. But when you when you ask me, my first thought was, man, I don't want to mess, play against the Warriors because I root for the Warriors. Like, I like Draymond Green, love Steph Curry. You know, I like everything that that team's done and, and how they've changed basketball, I think, for the better for the future. But when I look at, at the Warriors, I have to ask myself, have they like do they feel like that they've achieved enough as a group like how many titles do you need to win how many playoff runs do you feel like that that you need to go on maybe it's one of those things where it's like legacy for them but the clippers are all in right like they're they're bought in they're bringing in players uh, star players are taking a role on the bench like a Westbrook Harden joins this team he's bounced around Kawhi's still i mean probably top 15 for sure PG's doing his thing like it's a pretty deep team but I think more than anything is like you have a team like the Clippers who in my opinion they want to win a title and if they maybe they don't get there but it seems like a team that's like all in to to really try to go ahead and, and make a run and we've seen the Warriors I guess maybe I don't know maybe like two out of like the last six or seven years just kind of have like those those blah years and last year was one of them so um, I haven't seen anything from Golden State yet that says they're at that elite level, and I just worry. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe Clay's not back to ever being himself ever again. I don't know. I mean, he's had some some good stretches since he's come back, but he's also had some pretty bad stretches. He doesn't look all that great right now. Um, yeah. I would probably take the hundred and, and put it on the Clippers.
0: Yeah, I think the conversation is about Clay Thompson, right? Because a lot of people are saying that clay thompson is now washed but i keep on going back to the fact that he suffered two of the more gruesome injuries uh that a any athlete can suffer right a torn achilles and a torn acl in back-to-back years i mean that's not something that I, i think that should be held against clay thompson because for those injuries that occur so close to each other, I think that, number one, mentally, the mental toughness that any player needs to come back from those two types of injuries to get back on the basketball court, I think is it's a different conversation in itself. And like you mentioned, for this Golden State Warriors team, you know they've won, what, three, four championships together, at least a core of Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, and head coach Steve Kerr. For the Clippers, I I 100% agree with you. What you mentioned is that they've brought in, you know, Russell Westbrook last season. They traded for James Harden this year that they're going all in to get a championship uh, for this Clippers organization. So I think I'm in the camp of putting that money on the Golden State Warriors because I feel like right now for the Golden State Warriors, it's Steph Curry. And then it's a crapshoot trying to figure out who's going to step up. For this team offensively, because we've seen, at least thus far this season, that Curry's playing at an MVP level. But after that, you know, you're wondering is Clay going to be consistent enough for uh, this offense? And is Steve Kerr going to finally acknowledge playing some of the younger guys um, that he has on the best, the Jonathan Kamingas of the world, the Moses Moody's of the world? And I think we saw it a few nights ago when they did play the Sacramento Kings, that Moses Moody was. Shooting the ball very well. He was having a great game, only to be benched at the end of the game. And I think Steve Kerr acknowledged that that, you know, that was a mistake maybe that he made by benching uh, Moses Moody and not letting him uh, leave out there. Maybe that cost him the game. But yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm with you. I think I, I, I would put that money on the Warriors to miss the playoffs, um, you know, for all the reasons that we did mention. But anything else that you want to mention about either one of these two teams?
1: I think going back to Clay, it's one of those situations where you know, he's just settling for the three-point shot and hoping that he can get hot out there and then ease himself into the game. I kind of think it needs to be the opposite. Like, go out there, rebound, assist the basketball, play defense like you know, at least just try to be a little bit more aggressive. And I don't want to say throw caution to the wind and go out there and get yourself hurt, but it feels like he needs to kind of work backwards. Like, go out there and be that grinder, be that menace uh, that can go out there and and just disrupt the other team's offensive flow. Uh, You know, go out there and, and, and... try to get to the free throw line, go out there and try to, you know, make some easy, easy layups and stuff like that. At least if you're missing those type of shots, like the, the shots that are contested, um, mm-hmm. you could kind of live with that. But when you go out and you're, you're shooting 10 threes a game and you're only making, you know, two, it kind of gets in your head. And I think that that's kind of why he's slumping. so I think we're starting to see maybe a little bit of um, a little bit of change of course with him. Uh, he had 15 points two games ago, 20 points in the last game got to the free throw line a couple of times, took far less shots. So we'll see. We'll see if Klay can go in and work out of it. I think he will, but in my opinion, I think if he just works backwards and works himself back to the three-point line where maybe he has some confidence and he's done some good things throughout the game, that those shots will fall. It feels to me Manoff, like he's trying to be the pace setter right now for this Warriors team, and it should kind of be the opposite. Set the pace with everything else. And you're gonna have that confidence. And I think Clay performs so much better when he's under pressure and, and people are doubting him and he needs to make that big shot. He he just tends to, to play better. So right now that that's kind of what I see when I look at Clay, and it's not like he's the end all be all why this team's not, you know, I guess playing up to par. But, you know, if he gets going, it's a good team. And if he's struggling, um, it just seems like they're struggling. So for me, I'm going to back away from Golden State probably for a little bit until Clay kind of gets it going. And maybe CP3 kind of threw a wrench into the whole system because don't forget, Draymond was out yeah. for, what, five games with his suspension. So it's been mm-hmm. a little jinky, you know what I mean? And, and you have to consider you know that they lost some guys off the bench. So maybe it's just a weird feeling and, and Clay's kind of one of those routine type of guys. I don't know, but that's just kind of what I see with this team right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point as well. I was going to mention that, uh, you know, what do we think about the fit of CP3 right now with this Warriors team? But I think that's a great point that you brought up that with Draymond G- Green missing the five games with the suspension that they haven't been really been able to, number one, maybe Steve Christ being able to figure out the rotations because, you know, CP3, now he's dealing with an injury, right? He's going to be out for another two games for the Warriors team. And as soon as you got Draymond back, CP3 gets injured. So it's I think it's a little difficult right now for – especially head coach Steve Kerr to kind of figure out those rotations when he's missing, you know, one of these key guys that is supposed to, you know, lead them back to being not only contenders, but obviously, you know, competing for a championship. So I think, it's, I think for, for both these teams to wait and see approach, I think right now for this Clippers team, I think they may be starting to figure it out a little bit, but I, I still feel like they, they need a little bit more time as well. Turn on the page here, Sleepy, on the Friday schedule. A couple of intriguing matchups we'll break down here for you guys. We'll talk about two matchups here. And the first one's going to be a battle of the Eastern Conference teams sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference standing. That is going to be the Boston Celtics. They are hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. And this is going to be a third matchup already this season for the, um, I should say, between these two teams. And they have split the first two meetings thus far this season. The first matchup was back on November 8th in Philadelphia, where Philly did get the victory 106-103. And then a week later, uh, the Celtics went into Philadelphia again, uh, and they did get the victory there by 10 points. So now the tables are turning. They are going to head to Beantown in uh, Boston here on Friday night. And currently, this line, Sleepy, is sitting at minus 6 in favor of the home team, the Boston Celtics, with a total of 223. Um Should mention some of the injuries here for both of these teams here. I start here with the Boston Celtics. We're not sure if uh, Christoph Porzingis is going to be out there for this Boston Celtics team. Uh, Currently, he is dealing with, I believe it's a, uh, let me see here. Yeah, a left calf strain. He's officially already been ruled out, so he is not going to be playing in this game. And for the Philadelphia 76ers, Nick Batum is probable for this game. Joel Embiid is the big question mark he did miss the Wednesday game with an illness uh against the Pelicans Kelly Oubre and Daniel House Jr. are also going to be out for this game so a couple of depth uh, depth pieces are going to be missing for the Sixers team and a big questionable tag right now for Joel Embiid like I mentioned who's dealing with the illness here but Sleepy what are you thinking about this game between the two titans of the Eastern Conference
1: I'm going to go ahead and look at the Boston Celtics here minus the six points I think you have to Tread lightly when Joel Embiid is on the injury report because he could easily get sat down, and if he does, this line's probably moving four, four and a half, maybe even five points. So you could be sitting here with a Boston ticket right now minus six, and you could be sitting, you know, later on with a Boston ticket minus ten. Like, which do you want? And I don't think this line moves much if Joel Embiid plays. It's just the way I feel. But I feel like the Seventy Sixers are kind of in one of these weird, like, struggling kind of situations where like Batum is, he's been inserted into the starting lineup. Oubre's still out. I think that was a little bit of an issue. Now you have Batum who stepped in and I mean, what are you really getting from him? He could end up sitting. It's like, all right, here comes another uh, issue for the 76ers. And now Embiid was sick. So he was out on Wednesday. You have to wonder if he's feeling better or if he's going to play here. So I do worry about, the 76ers. But overall, I think that Brown's got it going. Tatum's got it going. I know you said Porzingis is going to probably be out for this game. Actually, he has ruled out. They know how to play without a guy like him. And I think one of the things that Boston's going to try to do here is go ahead and say, we're the cream of the crop of the East. And one of the things that this Boston team has done is, and this is just my personal opinion, I think that they've intimidated the 76ers going back to when Embiid was out there crying, leaving leaving the floor in the playoff series. And I think it's just been something that Boston has always had in their back pocket is that if we can go out there and intimidate this team and get in their heads, we can go ahead and we can continuously beat this team year after year after year. And I think Boston looks to go ahead, put it all together, and really put a beat in here on the 76ers to kind of remind them, who, no matter who's on the floor, like, we're your big brother, and you're you're not going to come into our house and beat us. So I like the way Boston looks right now. I think they look, honestly, I think they look better than Philadelphia, even when both teams are healthy. But I'll, I'll play Boston minus the six. I, I actually think that this game results in a blowout, whether Embiid's on the floor or not. So I'll play Boston minus the six. I like this. I'm going to bet this.
0: Boston at home this season, 8-0 straight up, 6-2 and against the spread uh, thus far this season. Um, I'm with you. I'm willing to lay the chalk here with the Boston Celtics here. And again, like you mentioned, even without Porzingis in this lineup, um, Jason Tatum is playing at a high level. Jalen Brown as well. Uh, Drew Holiday, again, I don't think he's talked about enough of how well you know he plays defense. And again, I think that he should really be able to limit Tyrese Maxey in this game. He is matched up on him because we know Drew Holiday is one of the better two way defenders, and that leaves you relying on Joel Embiid if he does play in this game uh, to do the bulk of the scoring uh, for the Philadelphia seventy six. And you talk about this Boston team as well, right? And it's not just that it's been Jason Tatum and jo- um, Jalen Brown. I know we mentioned Cor- uh, Porzingis is going to be missing this game, but they've gotten contributions from their bench as well, right? We talk about the Derek Whites of the world, uh, even Sam Hauser coming off of the bench for them. He's been shooting the ball for well, well for them as well. Al Horford, we'll get the start here. Um, for the Boston Celtics, you know, doing his best to defend uh, Joel Embiid. Can he keep it up for, you know, 25, 30 minutes, however long he's going to be out there? I'm not sure, but I think he does uh, pose a challenge to uh, Joel Embiid just because I think Al Horford's a great Number one defensive player and a very high IQ player for the Boston Celtics here. So, again, Boston uh, being at home, they've just been so dominant. I'm with you. Like I mentioned, eight no straight up, six and two against a the spread. They've won uh, those home games by an average of 19 points uh, thus far this season in those eight games at home. So, I think Boston, like you mentioned, you know, reminds the Philadelphia 76ers that, hey, you know, we, the the Eastern Conference still goes through us right now, so I think it's going to be a big game for the Boston Celtics. I think they'll definitely be up for this game um, after, you know, what's been a kind of a lackluster week for the Boston Celtics. I know there's a couple of games on there that they dropped uh, that I think a lot of us did expect for them to win, right? I mean, they took a loss against Orlando Magic. Um, but they did bounce back against Atlanta and the Chicago Bulls here. So I do expect them to bounce back here uh, and play well on their home floor on Friday night against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Getting over to a Western conference matchup here. Um, Sleepy. We got the Denver Nuggets. They are headed into the desert to take on the Phoenix Suns. Currently this line is sitting in favor Of the defending champions, the Denver Nuggets, as a a one-and-a-half-point road favorite here with a total of 224-and-a-half. And And some more injury concern uh, for both of these teams, at least. I'll start here with the Denver Nuggets. So Aaron Gordon right now is officially listed as questionable uh, for this matchup against uh, the Phoenix Suns. He is dealing with a right heel strain. Jamal Murray did make his return on Wednesday night, but he did tweak an ankle uh, in that game. He's dealing with a right ankle sprain. And then for the Phoenix Suns, uh, Devin Booker is officially listed as questionable on the injury report. He's also dealing with a right ankle sprain as well. We know Bradley Beal is still going to miss some uh, extended time for the Phoenix Suns as we all uh, await the debut of the big three for the Phoenix Suns. But CB, so be right now. The Denver Nuggets are a one and a half point favorite in Phoenix here on Friday night. What are you thinking about this game?
1: I like the Suns. I would go ahead and lay the points here. I think Booker will play. I think if Gordon sits, that's going to be an issue, and I think that Jamal Murray's probably not going to play. Uh, He just came back from a hamstring injury, ended up tweaking his ankle. So, you know, a guy who you were probably more than likely going to have on a minute restriction just goes out there and tweaks his ankle. Why not let him go ahead and sit and rest? And with Gordon, you know, he has a heel issue, and I've I've seen the particular injury that he has it will go ahead and just flare right up if you land wrong when you're when you're out there jumping and that's pretty much what basketball is, right? I mean you're running and jumping on your feet the entire game. So I could see both of these guys sit and I think if they if they both do, this line flips, the Suns immediately become a favorite. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Suns probably close somewhere around a minus three point favorite. If those two players for dinner are out. And Booker, in fact, plays. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Suns. And they've been hot. I mean, they've won, what, like seven out of their last eight games. I don't think there's any shame in them losing their last game against Toronto. It was uh, three straight road games for that team right after the Thanksgiving holiday. And I think maybe the road just kind of was catching up to them a little bit. But I feel like the Suns are kind of ironing things out right now. Durant's playing really well. but I mean, Durant could be playing... At an MVP level, I was gonna ask you, you know, what you thought about maybe Durant for MVP. I mean, he's playing well, Booker's playing well. Um, you know, Nurkic is, is out there doing his thing, so they're kind of ironing it out right now. You just have to wonder is this team really as good as their preseason title odds if Bradley Beal's out there playing up to his capability? So that That's kind of what I think right now with the Suns. I think they're playing better basketball. And with the injury concerns, I would take them here uh, at home. My, in my opinion, wrong team favorite. I think the Suns closed the favorite. So grab the point and a half now while you can't.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing that um, I've noticed or I think you look at the stats uh, for the Denver Nuggets and it's been a night and day difference of what they've been able to do at home versus what they haven't been able to do. the road thus far this season so at home in the mile high city this year sleepy the denver nuggets are undefeated like the boston celtics nine and oh straight up they're five three and one against the spread are the denver nuggets at home but them being on the road in this game they're four and six straight up and just two and eight against the spread the under is seven two and one in their games uh on the road for the denver nuggets and just kind of put into context here you take out their defense, or their offensive rating uh, at home this season, Sleepy, in their nine games, like I mentioned, they're right there with the Boston Celtics uh, as far as being the best offensive-rated team with a rating of 125.3. The Boston Celtics are 0.1 better at 125.4. But you take a look at their offensive rating that significantly falls off on the road uh, so far this season. That goes from number two at home all the way down to number 20, uh, on the road for the uh, Denver Nuggets, so um, I'm I'm with you here. I like the Phoenix Suns here. I do expect Devin Booker to play here as well. This is a big, you know, Western Conference matchup for this team. And like you mentioned, I, I agree with you 100 about the level that Kevin Durant is playing at right now uh, for this Phoenix Suns team on the season. He's averaging 31.3 points per game. Um, he's had what four five straight games of 30 plus points uh, for this. Uh, phoenix suns team and they've won four of their last five games i should say five of their last six games and it's been against western conference opponents as well so i expect them to get up here on friday night at home i'm taking the plus one and a half here also gonna be on the money line here for the phoenix suns that's currently around plus uh right around even money a little bit better at plus 102 uh for the phoenix suns uh hosting the defending nba champions in the denver nuggets Slaby, let's get over to our best bets uh, for this episode here. You want to lead us off with your best bet?
1: Yeah, let's go over to Monday. I'm going to go and skip the Friday card. I'm going to jump over to Monday. We have some lines for this. And this is going to be the game between the Pelicans and the Kings. Currently, right now, the Kings are a five-point favorite. I disagree with that. I think the Pelicans are probably maybe one point worse here on the road. So I'm going to take Pelicans plus five in that matchup. C.J. McCollum's back, and I think that one of the things with this Pelicans team is they really haven't had anything to to kind of hang their hats on or to really be proud about. I think the expectations haven't been met, but they know that they can meet them, and I think they're out to kind of prove a point, and um, once they have their big three on the floor, I think that this team is, is really, really good. I think that they could probably beat any team in the NBA, and I think the Kings right now I don't want to say they're going off of a lot of, like, what happened last year, Manoff, but I think that they played so well last year that they got so much respect in the market, and it's not like they're having a bad season, but this team doesn't look like the same team that they were last year. I think that Keegan Murray's not playing up to where he's at. Harrison Barnes looking a little bit older. You know, Fox was injured a little bit. I think something's even up with Sabonis, and maybe they're just not, you know, all all together on the same page right now, so... Uh, and i can't say that the pelicans are but i think the pelicans are just a deeper more talented team so i'm going to take them i just i honestly i think the the lines are wrong if it was kings minus 1 i would say okay cool i i'm staying away from that game but the fact that they're laying 5 points here i think it's just insane so pelicans for me on monday plus the 5 i think they there's a good chance they win the game outright but i'm i'm playing the the line i i honestly just think it's completely wrong so that's my best bet for today
0: yeah, Pelicans are getting healthy is another point um, that, you know, has not been discussed here. I know they got Jose Alvarado back. Uh, Zion is healthy as well. They should be getting Trey Murphy, uh, the third back on Friday night in their game against the Spurs. So this team uh, is and also got CJ McCollum back as well, was dealing with uh, a, a respiratory slash lung issue. Uh, but he also has returned for this Pelicans team. So it looks like this team is finally healthy all well, injuries that they had been dealing with uh, to start this young season thus far. I'm also saying here with the Pelicans, but on Friday night, they are hosting the San Antonio Spurs, and the Spurs are going to be in a back-to-back situation here as they have to travel from San Antonio hosting the Atlanta uh, Hawks and traveling to uh, New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. And This Spurs team defensively, it's no secret. They have not been very good thus far this season, uh, Sleepy. Um, And I'm looking at the team total for the Pelicans in this game to go over. That number is going to be around 123.5, 124.5. It's a big number, but it's a big number for a reason, right? So number one, I'll start here with the Spurs. Thus far this season on the road, their defensive rating is is sitting at 122.5. That's the fourth worst in the entire association on the road, trailing only the Pacers, the Hornets, and the Chicago Bulls. Now, I dug a little deeper. I know the season is still very young, but they've been in a back-to-back situation twice this season. And in both of those games, they gave up 152 points to the Indiana Pacers, and they gave up 120 points to the Memphis Grizzlies, who we know Grizzlies offensively have been struggling a little bit, especially without not having John Moran uh, in this lineup, And they also have been dealing with injuries themselves. And they've lost both of those games by a minimum of 12 points, lost the 12 points to the Grizzlies. Then they also lost by about 30, sorry, 41 points to the Indiana Pacers. Um, And you take a look at what they have done on the road thus far this season. They're allowing teams to score 126.1 points per game. Um, And the Pelicans, when they are hosting a team or playing against a team, that is on a uh, back-to-back situation, and they have the rest advantage, they've been doing very well in those situations, um, have the Pelicans. So thus far this season, I know they hosted the Sacramento Kings earlier this season uh, where the Pelic—sorry, where the Kings were on a back-to-back. They took care of business in that game by five points, scoring 117 points in that game. Uh, they also hosted the Minnesota Timberwolves, scored 121 points in that game. And now, like I mentioned, the Spurs team, number one, they do play with a lot of pace. They like getting up and down the floor, so I think that the pace will be high in this game. I think offensively, they're going to be able to get whatever they want. So would I be surprised if the Pelicans score 130 points here uh, against the San Antonio Spurs on Friday night? Absolutely not. That would be great for my bet, but I think they're just going to have a a day against this uh, San Antonio Spurs team who I think should run out of gas in the second half of this game. So Pelicans team total, that number should come around. 123.5, 124.5 123 and a half, one twenty-four and a half for this game. Uh, I'm gonna take the over on that. Any thoughts on that one, Sleepy?
1: Yeah. Um, I like it. I'd be with you. I think the Spurs need to go ahead and fire Popovich. I think he's <laughs> well past his prime. It's basically just a pile of dust sitting there on, on the bench. There's no way that this Spurs team should only have two, three wins on the year. This team's much better than that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I'm just sitting here and I'm the only person saying this, but I'm just going to ask you, does it make any sense that this team only won two or three games? They're probably at least like an eight, nine, 10 win type of team roster. Am I am I crazy or, or no?
0: I mean, you take a look at the talent on this team, right? They have now lost 13 straight games uh, thus far this season. That's you would think that's the worst, but the Detroit Pistons have been a little bit worse than that where they've lost things at 16 games in a row now. But if you See, so but you look at this roster, man. I mean, they have some guys that can flat out play basketball, right? Talk about Devin Vassell. He's a great player. Um, Keldon Johnson, Zach Collins has been really good for this team as well. Malachi Branham. And obviously, I've not mentioned uh, Victor Winbinyama, who's been playing very well as well, and is Ricky Urin, Jeremy Sohan as well. So it might be a coaching thing. Maybe you need to get a young coach in there to coach up these young guys and maybe change the philosophy of what's going on in San Antonio right now led by uh, Coach Popovich, but this team, with the roster that they do have, I think are much better than the two wins that they have this season. Uh, and right now, they are on a 13-game losing streak. So something, I think, has to change. Obviously, it's probably at that head coaching position because you have all the uh, you know young talent on this roster here, Sleepy.
1: It just doesn't make any sense to me. The only thing that makes sense to me with this is Are the Spurs looking to go ahead and tank again and get the number one pick or number two pick and become, like, maybe a title team in in two, three years, four years, something like that, you know, when you have, like, the best players in the league on your team? That's the only thing that makes sense to me, but I don't know. Popovich is just, he's not doing anything, like you're saying. Get a younger guy in there to go out there and, and kind of motivate these guys. It feels to me like they're just rolling the basketball out. Popovich doesn't care what the results are. And I think that that sets a bad example for young players like this, talented players, that they could just go out there and be lazy. Like, I think the complete opposite of this Spurs team is the team that we opened up the podcast with, the Orlando Magic. I feel like they're being held accountable for every mistake that they make and going out there playing good team basketball. It's just two teams that are very similar. And I would expect, and I'm not saying that the Spurs should be, you know, have the same exact record as the Orlando Magic, but I mean, they should at least be somewhat similar not three wins on the year. I mean, you're, right now you're pulling up the reels like the worst team in the league. Like, It doesn't make any sense. And I think that that comes down to coaching. I, I think there's plenty of talent there. It, just, just, it doesn't make any damn sense to me.
0: Yeah, we'll see if they're able to turn around uh, are the San Antonio Spurs. But right now, doesn't look like uh, that is going to transpire after now losing 13 straight games and now having to travel to the Pelicans who are finally healthy uh, are this Pelicans team. So there'll be a lot of great things happening right now at pregame.com. A lot of great, you know, promos and coupon codes to use here. So you want to tell our listeners all about everything that's happening at pregame.com.
1: Yeah, right now we're getting ready to go ahead and fire away with college football bowl season. Uh, You'll see college football bowl packages going up. Uh, A lot of guys are are ramping up their college basketball volume right now. And if you guys go to pregame.com and you enter code WILD20, you guys can save twenty percent on any package. Me personally, I would go ahead and I would find somebody who has a college football bowl season package and go ahead and lock in on them. There's some really good handicappers that just they take all that data from the entire year and they can go ahead and they can find those weird type of matchups because you know the SEC's probably not gonna play an SEC team or Big Ten's not gonna play Big Ten. They find the a lot of discrepancies, a lot of uh you know, statistical advantages when you're weighing one team against the other conference versus conference and some of the guys do really, really well. So that would be my recommendation, my own personal recommendation. So go to pregame, enter code WILD20, pick yourself up, any pick or any package, save yourself 20% at pregame.com.
0: There we go. Make sure to head over to pregame.com, like Sleepy mentioned, and take advantage of the bowl season coming up
2: uh, in the college football uh, season. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, a uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much, maybe have that glass of wine or that beer, you're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2. And five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, PickSix. Now what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between 2 and 6 NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now. And sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem.
0: It is Friday, which means it is going to be another contest for our Friday 5. Again, make sure to go to pregame.com. Just go to that contest tab. Find that um, Friday 5 thread. Put in your five players who you think are going to score the most points on the Friday schedule. And if you are the winner, you will be awarded bulk dollars uh, for pregame.com. Sleepy, you want to lead off our Friday 5 for this week?
1: yeah let's um let's go back and just go with with the guy that we we were just talking about maybe m v p guy in k d would you say he was thirty one points per game i mean why not go ahead and include him here i think k d is is probably a guy that you certainly want to have and i've noticed there when off when we're doing these friday five contests that a lot of the winning teams that people have posted have had k d in there so and we've left them out so i think it would be smart for us to put k d in there I'll give you another one. How about Jokic, guy? They're going to end up facing if Murray's not out there on the floor and Gordon's not out there on the floor. You know, so much goes on the shoulders of Jokic. So, uh, I'll give you those two. I'll save the last one, but you got two that I really, really like. So for me, so far, KD, Jokic. I think you got to plug them in for Friday.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree with those uh, for our Friday five. I'll lead off with a team that I've talked about at volumes and were part of my best bet. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Zion Williamson, uh, Williamson. Um, going up against the Spurs on Friday night. So in his career, he's averaging 26.1 points per game against the San Antonio Spurs. But over the last three games against the uh, San Antonio Spurs head-to-head, uh, Zion has scored at least 30 or more points in those three head-to-head matchups against the San Antonio Spurs. And over the last five games overall for Zion, he's been in great form, right? We talked about how uh, good of a form that Kevin Durant is in. Zion is also averaging 28.4 points per game over the last five games, shooting it at a 64.7 uh, percentage from the floor. He's also getting up an average of 17 shots per game as well. We know that he's not a, the, the three-point shooter, but we know that he can finish around the paint. He can also knock down those close uh, mid-range uh, jump shots or those floaters that we see from Zion's game. He's also uh, getting close, uh, getting to the free throw line as well, eight free throw attempts per game in that span as well so i think zion has a big game against the san antonio spurs and you know like i mentioned for my best bet for the pelicans team told to go over hopefully that is led by zion williamson against the san antonio spurs another guy i think we have to put in there i think we've probably put him in every single week here sleepy that's been Luka dontage uh he has absolutely owned the memphis grizzlies they're gonna host the Memphis Grizzlies in uh in Dallas on Friday night. And over the last three games against the Grizzlies, he's averaging 34.3 points per game. And defensively, we know the Grizzlies are struggling. They don't have the defensive guys to really slow down. Luka, um, he scored 35 points in an earlier matchup this season against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And over the last five games overall, Luca is averaging 32.2 points per game while getting up 25.4 shot attempts per game in that span so and also uh we know luca likes to shoot the three ball as well 9.2 uh three point attempts in that span as well for luca dantage so i think it's gonna be another big night for luca here against the uh memphis Grizzlies. so those are the two guys i wanted to throw out there: zion and luca and you're gonna wrap it up here with our fifth guy
1: yeah final player for us is gonna be kyle kuzma um I mean this is a high total and one of the things that you have to depend on I think when you're when you're looking at player props in general and not just our our Friday 5 is that when you're looking to go ahead and play a guy over the situations one thing but if the volume's not there I mean you're just flirting with disaster and Kuzma gets volume like if I can get this guy to put up you know 18 to 25 shots I feel pretty comfortable that he's going to land in that you know 20 30 point corridor but I feel like he's he's easily taken over as the team's best scorer, the team's best player. I mean, Jordan Poole's kind of been nothing more than just an average NBA player, at least I think on this particular team. So, you know, Kuzma went for 23 shots in the game prior to this one, or actually two games ago uh, against Detroit, put it up 20 times against Orlando. And I know Orlando's a good defensive team, but I think Kuzma is one of those players where once he finds like his niche and what works well for him, uh, he has no problem going back to it. So uh, I I don't know if he can hit 40. I don't know if he can hit 30, but I think he's going to be over 25 points. So, you know, if we're looking around here and off, and I know that we were, there's not a whole hell of a lot left uh, unless you're really looking at Joel Embiid and you have to wonder, you know, if you're going to be running back to the pregame.com forums to hurry up and, and plug a guy in because Embiid gets rolled out. So uh, Kuzma, I, I think he's a sneaky pick for us, so we'll go and we'll plug him in.
0: Yeah, I like the pick here. I mean, this is the highest total on the board for the Friday schedule. And I know Jordan Poole has been struggling this season. I know uh he's only shooting at around forty percent uh for the Washington Wizards, but I think a great pivot um for that is Kyle Kuzma uh going up against the Orlando Magic. So that'll round out our top uh our, sorry, our Friday five. Uh, once again, that's going to be Zion Williamson, Luka Dantich, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, and Kyle Kuzma of the Washington Wizards. So, maybe one order of business left. That is going to be our player prop best bet for the Friday schedule. Hopefully, we can continue our winning streak here. I know we've had uh, plenty of success this season thus far with our player prop best bet. So. We're gonna go with the game between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks. And we're looking at a particular player on the Memphis Grizzlies side. That's gonna be Desmond Bain to go over his points prediction of twenty-two and a half. And Sleepy, when I saw this number for Desmond Bain, I thought it was a little conservative uh for a guy that has been playing well uh this season, but I know he has struggled over the last three games. Um of the regular season where he hasn't scored uh, 20 points just yet. But I think this is a game here sleepy where Desmond Bain does bounce back for the Memphis Grizzlies earlier in a matchup this season against the Dallas Mavericks. He ended up scoring 30 points in that game and he's had uh historically um, a lot of success. I should say against the Dallas Mavericks team, over the last three games, like I mentioned, um, 30 points in the last game, but he's gone over this projection of 22 and a half points in three of the last four head-to-head meetings against the Dallas Mavericks, 25, 23, 17, and then 30, like I mentioned, in the earlier game this season. And also when we look at these player props for these players to go over their points prop, we're also looking at the shot volume, right? If the shot volume is going to be there, and we know Desmond Bain right now is the focal point of the offense for the Memphis Grizzlies. And over the last five games, he's getting up uh, close to 17 shots per game. I know, like I mentioned, he has been struggling a little bit shooting the basketball, but I think in a game here where defensively, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are very good, especially on the perimeter. We know that defense is a question mark for Kyrie Irving and Luka Dontage. I think this is a game where I think Desmond Bain does bounce back here. So I really do like this player prop of over. 22 and a half uh, points here for Desmond Bain. here, sleepy. All
1: right. Well, this one worries me. And it, I kind of feel like Bain has been really beneficial to us on this podcast. I mean, we plugged him into our Friday Five a couple of times. He, he had, you know, really big games worth, I think 38 in one game. And then I look and I'm just like, man, is, is this a square pick? Because 22 and a half just seems really, really low. It seems like a square pick. So I will say this is that I think that if if this doesn't hit, he's going to go under probably by five, six points. Like, we're almost not even going to be close. Like, we're going to know probably going into the fourth that it's not going to happen. Or I think that there's a chance that he can go off and have a 30-point game. And I think, you know, why I feel like there, there could be so much contrast here is because Memphis stinks. They've won four games all year long. And at some point, I think that they had to make some type of a change you know, whether it be on offense or whether it be on defense. So, you know, now you're seeing Roddy in the starting lineup, Biombo's in the starting lineup. Now Derek Rose somehow, you know, how is this guy still in the league playing basketball? Like, <laughs> And I'm not saying that Derek Rose is bad. I'm saying he still plays good basketball for how long this guy's been in the league. Last game for Derek Rose, 14 points, nine assists. And that takes away from Desmond Bain. So I think eventually they're going to figure it out where Bain will be the number one. But maybe it's just figuring out, you know, what 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 place does Roddy play? What place does Derrick Rose play? You know, what about the guys that are on this roster, like a John Morant, when he finally comes back? Like, what's this team going to look like? So I think it was all on Bane. Just, yo, know, man, go out there and shoot it 25 times a game. We don't even care. That's how we're going to win this game. That's the only option that we have. But I think that they realized, well, we're not winning with that philosophy. Let's try a different one. And it's not like they're winning with this philosophy either. But I feel like Desmond Bain, just the fact that he's kind of taking a backseat and letting everybody go ahead and get their touches, that he's going to demand a little bit in this particular game against Luka and Kyrie because when you're going up against those two guys, those two elite scorers, you need to have your best shooter on the floor taking the majority of the shots. So I'll, I'm, I, that's why I'm with you. I think there's a good chance we can go well over or well under. I'm in the camp with you that he's going to go over to 22.5.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to either be – He's going to, like you mentioned, he's either going to have a 30 point game here and he goes over this projection by a comfortable margin or we fall short by a couple baskets here with Desmond Bain. But I think this is a great bounce back spot going up against a a team that's just not very good defensively in the Dallas Mavericks. All right, Sleepy, that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA podcast and RJ Bell's dream preview. Anything else you want to mention before we uh, let our listeners go?
1: Yeah, just to remind everybody, my best bet was on the New Orleans Pelicans for Monday, not Friday, but your best bet also had the Pelicans as well.
0: Yeah, mine is going to be on Friday night uh, where the Pelicans are going to be hosting the San Antonio Spurs, who, like I mentioned, are going to be in that back-to-back situation, uh, looking at the Pelicans team total to go over as my best bet. For the Friday card, they're sleepy. That is going to do it for this edition of the NBA podcast. Uh, another great podcast uh, here with my man, Sleepy Jay. We'll be back tomorrow for uh, the Saturday card. So look out for us then. Till then, good luck with your bets. And we'll talk to you guys down the road.